Hello, family, and welcome. We're Bob and Penny Lord, and we have a very special super saint to share with you today. Blessed Brother Andre, miracle worker of Montreal, Canada, or Montreal, as it was called by the French settlers here, or Royal Mountain. It was first named Ville Marie, City of Mary. Andre loved to pray from the time he was a little boy. He later spoke of those special moments when the family gathered to pray together, how he would sit close to his mother and finger the beads on her rosary as they recited the mysteries. The two people who meant so much to little Andre were taken away from him at an early age. First, his father died in an accident, and then six years later he lost his mother to a dreaded, debilitating illness, tuberculosis. Family life as he knew it would never be the same. Andre had no mother and father. He had his heavenly mother and father, Our Lady and St. Joseph. The family had to be dispersed. His siblings each went to a different home. Andre, frail, delicate, and a very sensitive boy of 12, was required by his adoptive uncle to be a man. Right after the funeral, he told the grieving boy to stop crying. There was work to do. There was no time for mourning. That was for weakness in girls. Andre was 12. He had to be a man and carry his weight. This cross he carried would give him a love for the cross of Jesus and a heart and compassion for the suffering people of this world who would later come to him. He prayed and practiced means of penance from an early age. His parish priest, Father Provençal, asked him if he had ever thought of a vocation as a religious. When Andre protested that he had nothing to offer to religious life as he could not read or write, Father spoke of him becoming a brother of the Holy Cross, a, a congregation that had come to his parish. He told Andre that this order had brothers who served the community in ways not requiring any kind of formal education. Andre prayed and realized his searching, his longing, had been for the Lord and his will, not for the world's empty rewards. Father Provençal wrote to the community of the Brothers of the Holy Cross, I am sending you a saint. It was 1870, the year that Pope Pius IX proclaimed St. Joseph patron of the Roman Catholic Church. Little did Andre or the brother who admitted him realize that he would be an instrument to bring millions to a deeper devotion to St. Joseph. You know, I have to smile because I'm thinking of man's agenda and God's design. We fully intended to make a program about Brother Andre, but we never realized what a powerful mystic he was and the works, the miracles that came about through this humble man who chose to be a doorkeeper. Now, when we talk about doorkeepers, keepers of the door, there are some powerful doorkeepers in the history of our saints that we've been exposed to recently. Brother Andre is one of them. St. Martin de Porres was a keeper of the door. St. Sister Faustina was a keeper of the door. St. Bernadette of Lourdes was a keeper of the door. So the doorkeepers are very well loved in the hearts of Jesus and Mary. All that was accomplished at St. Joseph's Oratory in Montreal is the result of the intercession of St. Joseph. Blessed Andre had a great devotion to St. Joseph. Whenever anyone gave Andre brother Andre, as, he's, as he was known when he was alive, credit for a miracle, he always said, no, 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 I do nothing. 
It is all through the intercession of St. Joseph. St. Joseph does everything. Now, the way this whole thing started, and it's interesting to know, is that at the very beginning, when Brother Andre was given the gift of healing, and he was never, ever dramatic about it, he never gave credit to anyone except St. Joseph. The people would start coming to the door of Our Lady's College, which is where he was the doorkeeper for 40 years. And so many sick people came. When word went out to Montreal that he was healing the sick, people by the droves came to the door of the College of Our Lady. We think that's a wonderful thing because the more that came, the more that we healed through the intercession of St. Joseph through Brother Andre's hands. But it became a problem. First of all, and I can understand it, can't you? The mothers, the fathers of the students became worried that these infected, contagious disease would be caught by their children. Also, there was such a disturbance, all these people coming and blocking the entrance to the college, and it interrupted the students' work and their concentration. And so there was a big furor that came about. And it wasn't as if they were all over the grounds of the college. Brother Andre was at the door, not actually of the college, but where the priests and brothers lived. He was the doorkeeper there. So the sick would be there, and they would wait all around the entrance to the door where the brothers and the priests lived. And the brothers and the priests didn't like this at all. So at one point, they tried to come up with a compromise solution. Brother Andre would meet the people across the street at a trolley stop. Okay, but now what you have to realize is three or four hundred people going over to the trolley stop, waiting for Brother Andre. And Brother Andre would come out whenever he could because he had his duties. They came first. He had his duties as doorkeeper, and he took that very seriously. And then he would come out and heal the sick. So you had hundreds of people over by the trolley stop. And then that became a problem. They had to find another solution. Everywhere that Brother Andre went, this humble keeper of the door, people followed him. Because you cannot keep a light under a bushel basket. They found out about the power of this man's devotion. Now, what Brother Andre would do many times, because he did not want the focus to be on him and on his intercession with St. Joseph, so when people would ask him to pray for them or pray for a healing for them, he would say, well, I am about to spend a holy hour with our Lord Jesus. Why don't you join me? And what started out with a handful of people joining him became so large that they had to have a blessed sacrament exposed with numbers reaching to over 400 people at a time. In a little chapel. Now, he always had a great desire to build a shrine, an oratory to St. Joseph. He had a great devotion to St. Joseph, and well, he should. St. Joseph has always been the great provider. He's always interceded. The Lord listens to the intercession of St. Joseph. He's a powerful saint. So Brother Andre would come up on the mountain across from the college and pray there. He would hide medals of St. Joseph. 
he would hide medals all over the grounds, praying that they could buy the land. This was a prayer. St. Joseph, help us buy the land. And what happened? Finally, they were able to buy the land. His superior said, okay, you can buy the land. So now he had the land, but he didn't have anything on the land. And so he asked the superior if he could build just a little chapel. And the superior said, no, no way are we building a chapel. There was no money, no resources. So Brother Andre started to save all the money that was given to him. Little bits of money that the people that he healed gave him. You know, they gave him coins. And, and at the end of five years, he had $200. And so the first chapel began. But he soon ran out of money, and the chapel didn't have a roof. It barely had walls. And so guess what he did once again? He brought a statue of St. Joseph, placed it in the middle of the small chapel, and he said, well, are we going to keep St. Joseph without a roof? St. Joseph, I think you deserve a roof. So ask your son to place a roof over you. And shortly thereafter, the money came, and there was a roof. I think within one month, there was enough money to build the roof. The entire account of the building of St. Joseph's Oratory is miraculous. Everything about it is miraculous. Everything about Brother Andre and his life is miraculous. He has spoken to or has had visions of St. Francis of Rome. He has spoken to St. Joseph. He had a very close relationship with St. Joseph, with Our Lady, with the angels. And yet you never heard anything about it. Now this is the sign of a true mystic. As a matter of fact, if anyone found out, he would get very upset. On one of the occasions, someone had witnessed a miracle. And they went and they told everyone, and it just caused him a tremendous amount of pain. He loved the Eucharist, but what he would do is he would kneel in back of the altar so that no one would see him during the Mass. He would assist at Mass, no matter how many Masses there were, two, three, or four Masses per day. He would assist at every Mass. He would spend time before the Blessed Sacrament. Brother Andre would ask the other brothers if they would watch his post at the door for an hour while he made a holy hour. Now, at the beginning, and when the brothers were new, they would gladly watch the door while Brother Andre went to have a holy hour before the Lord. I mean, you, you couldn't do less. But an hour would pass, and then two hours would pass, and the brothers would go in and say, Brother Andre, it's been two hours. He would respond, Oh, just give me five minutes more, please. And they couldn't resist them. <laughs> And when the five minutes became 15 minutes, they would go in and say, I have to go and teach a class now. You've got to come back. And Brother Andre would tear himself away from the Blessed Sacrament. You see, they had this relationship with Jesus in the Eucharist. All the saints we have ever written about have had such a relationship with Jesus in the Eucharist 
with Our Lady, and this saint had a particular special devotion to and relation with St. Joseph. Our saint, our blessed Andre, had such a deep relationship with Jesus in the Eucharist that after, she re after he received him in Holy Communion, he would experience complete union with the Lord. He was so lost in rapture with our dear Lord Jesus that people, the brothers, would just come and stare at him, and he was completely oblivious of them. He had received his Lord, as we believe, body, blood, soul, and divinity, and nothing else in the world mattered. He was completely consumed by our Lord Jesus in the Eucharist. Brother Andre had many of the gifts we attribute to St. Martin de Porras. He was a barber. He cut the hair of the priests and brothers. St. Martin was a barber. He also took care of the sick, as St. Martin did. Both of them healed the sick, and they both took care of people that were dying. Blessed Andre, when people were dying, he would bring them right to the point of death. He would prepare them for death and then even actually clothe them for their funeral. This became a problem at one point because he could only do this in his off hours. His main job was taking care of that door. He was the doorkeeper. And so one time a young man came to him and said, My father's dead. He died in the middle of the day. And Blessed Andre said to him, Well, I can't come until after I've finished working for the day. And then I've got to clean up the kitchen, get everything fixed, and then I'll come over to your house. The young man complained, but rigor mortis is going to sit in. Brother Andre said, don't worry, I'll take care of it. Just wait for me there. It was about five hours later when Blessed Andre finally got to the young man's house and the body was still warm and soft. He was able to clothe him and get him ready. And just as he was finishing, he just wanted to turn the neck a certain way. The body became stiff right at the very end. You know... Brother Andre never wasted a moment to serve his Lord and to speak to St. Joseph. When Bob was talking about his cutting their hair, I remember reading how he would be giving them spiritual directions, telling them about St. Joseph and the love St. Joseph had for each one of us. When Bob was talking about he had to take care of the needs of the sick and dying, without neglecting his regular duties. You know, most nights he slept maybe an hour or two, and some nights he didn't sleep at all. And yet, the Lord gave him energy. Remember when he was born, he was so frail, they didn't expect him to live. They didn't want to accept him as a brother of the Holy Cross because he was so weak and so fragile, so feeble. They didn't think he would be able to handle the workload. And yet, he slept maybe an hour or two. What happened, though, when the brothers came to him and said, we're going to send you home because you're too sick, you're too frail, you cannot handle the work that's needed here in the community, he went to the bishop and he prostrated himself before the bishop and he pleaded with the bishop, he said, they're not going to let me take my final vows. They're not going to accept me into the order. Please don't let this happen. 
And the bishop said to him, Don't worry, my son. You will be accepted in the order. Now, the bishop, see how the Lord works. The bishop always had a desire to have a shrine built in honor of St. Joseph. Joseph. Now, he didn't know anything about Blessed Andre except the feeling the Lord had given him. Could he? He was a very, very holy bishop. He was 72 years old. Could he have looked at, Ble at Blessed Andre and seen that this was the young man who was going to take the banner from him and bring it to fruition, bring it to fulfillment, that truly the shrine would be built through this young brother who they didn't want to accept into the order? In the Old Testament, the prophet Joel tells us that young men will have visions and old men will dream dreams. What began in the heart of young brother Andre, he was to see begin on that hill and the dream would begin to bear fruit in his later years. Brother Andre began the oratory, I, I believe he was 60 years old. Bob, tell them about the original oratory. You mean the original little chapel? Well, they were really sports. Well, he only had $200. He had $200. So he built a little wooden chapel which would fit a priest and an altar boy or sacristan. And then outside of that, they put all these benches and the sick people would not come. They stayed at the trolley stop at Our Lady's College. And it wasn't until finally they broke down and built a big building that would accommodate at least 200 pilgrims that the sick left the trolley stop, came up to the, uh, to, the, to the chapel. And so many, many people came up. I think he saw 400 people a day. 450 people a day. 450 people a day. There were so many people that finally in 1908, they relieved him of his duties of being a doorkeeper. This is after 40 years of being the doorkeeper. They gave him permanent duty at the chapel on the hill. <clears throat> at one point, he had four secretaries to answer the mail that came in tons of mail. 80,000 letters a year. The way the Lord would work with Brother Andre was unbelievable. Let us give you an example. Once he became permanent custodian, he knew he would need a priest. The people would need spiritual direction. They would want to go to confession. And they would want to receive the sacrament. So he asked for a priest to be assigned to him. And they assigned a priest. And when the priest and Brother Andre met, the priest did not seem happy at all. Brother Andre asked, Well, what is the matter, Father? The priest said, I would really love to help you. And I'm honored that you asked me to take on this task. But I'm losing my eyesight. I can't read. I can't read the breviary anymore. I don't think I'm going to be able to help you at all. Brother Andre said, <clears throat> Father, just leave it up to the Lord. But the priest insisted, I just don't think this is the right job for me to do. And Brother Andre whispered in his ear, wait until tomorrow and see if St. Joseph won't let you be able to read your breviary. The next day, the priest's eyes were perfect. He could read his breviary. He took on the job, and he was the priest for the longest time. So very often, that which we do not understand, we attack. He was very misunderstood. 
In one particular case, I mean, there were even brothers and clerics. Everyone was against him at one time. This one doctor, he accused Brother Andre of everything. He was a phony. He was a charlatan. He was dishonest. He was deceitful. He was using the demon to heal. I mean, everything he hurled at poor Brother Andre, and it wounded him terribly. But he never, ever defended himself. Never, ever. Even when his superior would approach him, he would not defend himself. One day, the doctor's wife became seriously ill. She had a terrible nosebleed that would not stop. She just kept hemorrhaging. There was nothing her husband could do, nothing the other doctors could do, and she was bleeding to death. She asked for Brother Andre, and her husband said, I love you, my dear wife, but that's one thing I cannot grant you. She said, do you love yourself and your pride more than you love me? I want Brother Andre. So the poor doctor had to swallow his pride and go to Brother Andre. And he explained the situation, and Brother Andre said to him, go home now. Your wife no longer bleeds. Not only did his wife, but the doctor, not only did he heal his wife, but the doctor did not have to suffer the humiliation of having to admit by Brother Andre coming to his home that Brother Andre was actually an instrument of healing. They criticized the way he administered oil from the oil lamp of St. Joseph's Chapel. He would bless the people with that oil. So his way of healing was prayer, faith, and a little oil from the chapel of St. Joseph. And when they were investigating him, one of the doctors said to him, well, if that's the means you're using to heal people, you have no problem with the medical community. They have no problem with you. At one point, there was a favorite expression in Canada. Hey, I'm not Brother Andre. I can't perform miracles. This became a common saying in Canada. At that time, in the early 1900s, it's phenomenal. What can people, what can God do? What can God do through the humble? When you hear the story of St. Martin de Porres, again the humble, the story of Brother Andre the humble, the Lord can work miracles if we will only do the ridiculous. And what Brother Andre was doing in the eyes of the world was ridiculous. He was not a great orator. He was not a great homilist. He was not a cardinal. He was a humble doorkeeper. Even his death had to be just right. For whatever reason, it must have been the Lord's will that he die on the Feast of the Magi, the Feast of the Epiphany. And so he was dying. He was always in pain. He suffered all his life. And this was one of the reasons they didn't want to bring him in the first place. But when the Lord finally called him home in 1937, he waited until a few minutes after midnight on January the 6th, the Feast of the Epiphany, before he went to our Lord. Even in that, there was some reason behind that the Lord wanted his death to be on the Feast of the Epiphany. And maybe St. Joseph was waiting there to bring Brother Andre up to heaven. 
We're sure he was. You know, in this time, when people are suggesting suicide for the elderly, here is a man who lived to 91 years old, who was more dead than alive in the eyes of the world all his life, who was in constant pain and suffering, who brought consolation to others, who was an instrument of healing. Here was a man who brought such honor to St. Joseph to be able to build one of the largest shrines to St. Joseph in the world, a shrine where more than two million people come every year. This was done by a man who the world would tell you today there was no quality to his life. He should have been mercifully killed. What would the world have been like without Brother Andre? When the cause for his beatification was opened, I believe there was something like 275 miracles that were approved. Now, one of the things we were told was that when the questionnaires were giving, given for the cause of his beatification, you have to remember he died in 1937, so he's of our time, the last century. Questionnaires were given to people, and there were 50 questions on them. And traditionally, they would answer 49 of the 50 questions using 20 to 25 pages of writing material. But when it came to the 50th question, which was, tell us about the miracles attributed to Andre, they would use another 20 to 30 pages just for that one question. There were so many miracles attributed to Brother Andre, they gave up trying to chronicle or document them after a while. There were just too many of them. And so, dear family, when you are in pain and the demon of this world tries to talk you into taking your life and going out the easy way, remember what the Lord did to Brother Andre. To the people of Montreal, Brother Andre was a saint during his lifetime. And while the church most likely agreed with the people of French Canada, the process for the beatification of Brother Andre took its time. But on May the 23rd, 1982, Pope John Paul II entered the name of Blessed Andre into the company of those blessed who had loved with all their hearts and whom the Lord had honored through his vicar on earth. And go to Canada, my brothers and sisters. <clears throat> You know, we travel all over the world seeking out saints and other powerful men and women in the church, visionaries, mystics, and stigmatists. But right in our own hemisphere, right north of the United States, there are so many beautiful shrines to visit. Go to the Oratory of St. Joseph in Montreal. Pray for the intercession of St. Joseph and Brother Andre in that special shrine. St. Joseph is calling you. We love you. We love you. God, God bless. bless you. Please load our free Bob and Penny Lord app. Here is how to download our free Bob and Penny Lord app. Simply with your iPhone or Android device, go to the app store, search for Bob and Penny Lord app, and download it. It's that simple. Here's what you can do with our free Bob and Penny Lord app. Number one, 
the, there's a link to our marketplaces, our websites, uh, our uh, blog, and this podcast. The second link is to our Bob and Penny Lord TV channel, where you can access all of our videos as seen on EWTN, plus a whole lot more. Thank you very much.